and it's five, four, three, two, one. Shakira Dramat. How are you, my sister? I'm very good. Good, <laughs> good. It's been like an hour of uh, fixing some teething problems on my side. It's okay, we're here though. It is what it is. So cool to have you. I was just saying before we started, um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, it's been something we've actually been talking about for a while. Yeah, it is. And to eventually get you here uh, for me is an absolute pleasure. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about who you are, and then we're going to get into some of the things you've been involved in that I've loved. And I actually don't even remember how we met. I think it was some hip-hop event in, in Woodstock, and I was just walking past, I think. No, <laughs> it was Bootlegger. Oh, it yeah, was Bootlegger Johnny. With, with Johnny Gurnan. <laughs> Shout yeah. out, John. Shout out, my boy, John. Hopefully, I'm going to do some work with soon. Just putting that out there. Have you been seeing? Yeah, hopefully, him? he watches this. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Johnny's uh, Johnny's one of my biggest um, supporters, actually, in general, in everything that I do. So, yeah. shout out, Johnny Gunn. Yes, yeah. bootleggers. Yes. Oh yes. man, that yeah. was crazy. Okay. I've been chatting to him for a bit as well. Yeah. And he's cool. He's, yeah, he is. Yeah, and yeah. he's busy. Yeah. He's busy, and he's one of my biggest supporters. So, shout out, Johnny Gunn. Yeah. Another another person that I met through Johnny. But it's so it's really it's, it's great to have you here and. Thanks for coming through. Um, Shakira, I just want to talk. I always like guys when they come sit with us, who they are, where they're from, uh, how old they are, if, you, if that's okay to, for you to reveal. <laughs> but who, so who are you? Where, where did you go to school? Such a broad question. Who uh, are you? Yeah, do you matter? <laughs> who, who will miss you when you die? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what's your background um, school-wise? And are you from Cape Town? Because we're in Cape Town. And we're, we're, yeah. We're, okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm from Cape Town. Mm -hmm. I'm 27 years old, yep. reaching that 30 mark, <laughs> feeling the pressure of life a little bit, but you know, yeah. Yep. Um, I am from Boerkap or mm -hmm. Boerkap, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. And I went to high school in the city as well, Goodhoff Seminary. Okay. And this year is actually my 10, re 10 year reunion oh, and cool. we are... Hoping, yeah, we're planning a little something with the girls. I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, hopefully they'll watch this too when I share it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then after that, I went and I studied public relations at CPUT. Mm -hmm. That was great. I actually wasn't like 100% sure what I wanted to study, but I was like that girl who took all the potential like grade eights around the school and showed them like all our lovely amenities and introduced them to the principal, like the parents and that sort of thing of grade sevens. Yep. And then eventually, like, after about a year, my principal gave me this little badge that said public relations. And I was like, oh, PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what's that? <laughs> you know, 10 years later, this is where I am. So, yeah, I studied public relations at CPUT and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't see myself, like, working at an agency. I did an internship and then I worked in an agency for a little bit. Yep. Um, and then after that, I was just like... Okay, I need to. I know that I'm gonna work for myself. You know, mm, it, it, mm. it was always just one of those things that I knew. Um, and so after studying, I took some time, waitressed and waitressed for a long time. Waitressing was actually one of those things that it's something that I, it's like I waitressed for ten years from when I was sixteen. Wow. And yeah, a long time from when I was about sixteen until okay, maybe like nine years. Yeah, um, but it was just one of those experiences in my life that I wouldn't that I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm. That it, it taught me so much, gave me so much character. It gave me the flexibility to chase my dreams while still earning like some stable income, all Got of that you. sort of thing. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, and then I have successfully been on my own for about a year, a year and a half. Yeah, started a started a business. Started, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I. I, I have been on a long entrepreneurial journey, but yep. for about a year and a half, I haven't had any other forms of income. So like I haven't been waitressing or like doing like a traditional job to sort of support my, my dreams. Yeah. That's awesome. And we're going to come back to that because yeah. I want to, I probably want to finish off with that entrepreneurial journey. But okay, okay. so from City Centre, I mean, you, you're as Cape Town and uh, as Cape Town can get, right? Yes, 100%. Born and bred in the city. Yes. So, so the city means a lot to you. Um, yeah. And I think even after we met, we kind of met up a few times. But when things, I remember when um, in particular an incident uh, or, or a series of events, of course, when the developers and of course the big machine, we can call it, call it whatever, <laughs> whatever you, you like, wanted to carry on just bulldozing everything yeah. and nothing mattered but bottom line. And of course, I'm talking about Borkup at the time. Yeah. Or is it Borkup? Borkup? I'm just going to say Borkup. Yeah, however you want to say it. Because, yeah, yeah, because I'm inconsiderate. I'm yeah. just, <laughs> like, whether that's the correct way to say it or not. I remember seeing you in those. I was like, hey, I know that lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I heard more and yeah. more. And you seem to be in the forefront. And what was, 
before we even get into the, the nitty gritty of what was happening, what was that time like for you, if you don't mind me asking, like individually, you know, as a person, because it would just be like, oh, there's somebody talking about where she lives. But yeah. the, 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 I, 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 we've had a few chats and there's a bit happening in behind that, especially for you. What, what, is, that, what is that like for you? Okay. Well, I just want to, on a, on a lighter note, before we get into the sort of heaviest, <laughs> one of the things, because you're just talking about like, like the physical space that I grew up in and living in the city and that sort of thing. And yep. something that I'm so grateful and I feel so blessed for almost every single day is the fact that I live in, in Burkup, but it's also like in the city. So it's kind of like having a, like, for lack of a better word, like a hood, yep. like right in the heart of the city. So I you kind you. of get like this, the, the feeling of community and, and the feeling that you would get if you were sort of like from the suburbs, Got but you. still having like the city right there. <laughs> it's, it's like the most incredible thing because it allowed me to grow up with like being influenced by so many different cultures and yeah. so many different people. And, yeah. Yeah. and so it's, yeah, I, I love, maybe that's also why everyone else loves Boak Up and wants to be there because it's got that sort of best of both worlds kind of thing. You know? Got so, you. so growing up in that environment was awesome. Mm. And then um, going into sort of the gentrification and, and activism stuff like, it, it's been an, a hectic journey. And, and what happened? What led you to, to, I mean, it's very easy for, for all of us, like I'm middle class, I'm South African, pretty liberal, and I'm like, oh, that stuff's bad. But then I just, <laughs> you know, like I just go back to my house. Yeah. Like, oh man, I hate what's happening to black people around the world and even in South Africa and even in Cape Town. <laughs> But then yeah. I go for a flat white in my house, you know? <laughs> like, w did you, were you on a, has it always been something from when you were young where you felt no. you fight the system? No. Okay, so, so. Not at all. I, um, I, w I was a very sheltered person. Mm. I, st I still find myself in moments of being like, oh wow, Shakira, you, you are quite sheltered. Sure. So, so I'm, I'm very like open to people like calling me out and educating me. Um, but in terms of, of like being active in that kind of way, it, it only came later on in life. And, and I think it came when I started working uh -huh. um, and getting older, like sort of university time after university, because that was when I really started to actually experience things like racism, you know? Ah. And, and, and when I started to be out in the world and like notice a couple of things and be like, actually, that, that's a little bit, that's kind of strange. Like, is that okay? Do we like, are people allowed to do that? Um, and then I think also my environment just forced me to kind of get involved and to be active and to be vocal and, and to, to just talk about things. Um, because in the last, I would say, five to seven years, yep. like Work Up has changed sure. so much mm. and so rapidly mm -hmm. that it was impossible to keep quiet. And, and one of the things that kind of pushed me sort of to the, uh, you use the word forefront, and I, I kind of don't like to say that because there are, a lot of people in the community who are extremely active and, and who deserve praise. So I, I try to not use that word. But one of the things that really pushed me in the public eye, let's say that, in, in terms of, of work up, yeah. was the fact that I made this video on my Facebook kind of just ranting and like using a lot of profanities and sort of just like, <laughs> just, but it, I think people... Which you can do here, by the way. Yeah. This is not a, there, <laughs> there's you. no limit. Feel yeah, I, okay. Yeah. Because that, that might happen, actually. No, no, feel free. Feel um, free. Yeah, it, so I made this video that I was really just expressing my anger. And yeah. I make live videos on my Facebook all the time and none of them go viral. None of them get, like, the, my views are very minimal, you know. Um, but that but that particular video... And you video, make very honest uh, <laughs> posts, by the way. I watch, yeah. I watch all your posts. <laughs> yeah, I do. Not in, like, a creepy way. No, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm a transparent person. It's because I follow you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not watching you thinking, hmm, what's going on there with Shakira? Yeah, well. Like, I wonder <laughs> if I can get her to do my social media work for free. <laughs> like, Thank you for, no, yeah, for not being there. A, lo a lot of people ask that kind of thing, actually. Of course, I'm sure <laughs> they, no, no, but, but I, I do see your posts. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so, so, so that, that, that journey and none of your posts got any, any like this kind of attention. Huh? Yeah, but, but I think that what people resonated with in the book, video in particular was the fact that I was very, you could, like, I was angry. Yeah. You know, I was so angry. I have this friend who, if, if you go on Instagram and you search hashtag work up, you'll see this blue car that pops up everywhere. And so that, that car belongs to my friend and he lives in that house, right? It's like a greenhouse, whatever. And, and sometimes I, I, I would be there, like, just sitting on his stoop and kind of, like, looking out. And I'm using his house in particular because it's, like, it's like in the heart of, of work up. It's, Got like, you. in the most popular spot. Yep. Um, and his car is actually like one of the most photographed cars, I think, in the world, actually. Yep. Um, and so when, when we chill there, like just friends or whatever, and, and you sort of just look out over the strip and you see the sea of like tourists and 
people with money and buses and like hundreds of people being offloaded every single day. Yeah. It, it kind of forced me to become vocal. Got I you. wasn't someone who paid attention to that kind of thing, but you can't not pay attention to it when it's all you see. And it's it, on your doorstep now. It, it's literally on my doorstep. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like not even like an exaggeration or just a or just like a, a phrase that people say. It's, yeah. it's real. Like yeah. it's, people walk people, on your doorstep literally. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> we we actually had to put like a gate that sort of covers our stoop because people are there all the time and like constantly taking pictures of your house and and when I like anyone in Bukup goes through this, especially the people who live in the part of Bukup that I live in, which is like the very touristy area because that's also what's annoying about it and and what kind of forced me to become vocal is the fact that there's the, what i call the two street threshold got you and the two street threshold is it's rose street and it's kapini street and like a little bit of whale yeah and and if you if you've never been to bulk up or you're not from cape town that's kind of like it's like literally just the beginning two roads of of like our community yeah and that's where all the tourists go and that's where all the colorful houses are and like all the pictures you see on the internet of World Cup, like that's those two roads. But if you just take the time to walk five minutes further, you'll see what you see in, in any South African sort of community or hood or suburb or, you know, um, you'll see people that, that, that don't have jobs, a lot of joblessness, a lot of drugs, people are not, yeah, people yeah. Are, are not able to make ends meet and are living in dilapidated governmental flats and just like, it's, yeah, it's not what you see in the two street threshold, you know, people are really struggling. And so that kind of just, it, it's annoying because when you go online and, and the media and the tourism industry and even the government and the city of Cape Town and all of them, like all they talk about is, oh, Book Up's this beautiful community, sure. Cape, Cape Malay cuisine, <laughs> you know, Cape Malay culture, the most colorful community in Cape Town, sure. like whatever. But then actually, no, we're, we're not we're not just one dimensional. We're not just like the community with the colorful streets. There's so much depth. There's so much history. There's so much culture and tradition and and poverty and issues and, and things that need work. And there's just a lot more than colorful houses. Yeah. And so I was just annoyed and forced me into anger. Enough was enough, eh? Yeah. And then made that video, went viral and boom, here I am today. <laughs> Talk to me about yeah. you. I mean, we're going to touch on something which you've touched on uh, beautifully there. But, you know, sometimes things like, because a lot of these things you're talking about is, is quite uncomfortable for the people that are going to profit, number one, from the gentrification. But let's talk about the, the, the line that, that always is used, of course, to, to squash th those that aren't in power. And let's face it, money is power, right? Yeah. Money is portable power. I always say this to people. That's yeah. all money is. Yeah. It's nothing else. You, you can get philosophical about it, about I've heard people say it's energy. It's the, No, <laughs> money is, all it is, is portable power. Yeah. If I have more of it than you, and, and I don't care whether you think this is right or wrong, but we've seen the pattern now. Yeah. If I have more money than you, I will say what the value of your life is. Yeah. That's it, right? And, and now talk to me about, you know, in a situation like this, people always go, let's not show too much of the truth because what about the tourism? Mm. And what, 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 like, how does that make you feel? Because <laughs> it's always, let's face it, the narrative always comes from generally rich white people. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Like uh, Cape Town has this dark hidden secret, yeah. right? And if you, it's like if you talk about it, Oh, you, you, you don't love your country. It's like, no, no, no. I love my country more. Yeah. Because, because I'm, that's why I'm talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and sorry, you use the word secrets. And it's, it's like, I don't think it's a secret. I think it's just ignored. People, and, and not only just in Cape Town. I think in the whole of South Africa, there's just like, but maybe in Cape Town in particular, because we're like the, this big tourist destination. Yeah, sure. It's just like this huge part that people know exists, but they just turn a blind eye. Sure. You know? And by people, I mostly mean like people in power. No, rich the, people. Yeah, people who have the ability to make change. Yeah, you know? black and white, rich. Yeah, if I'm yeah. rich, I don't have to deal with crappy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and so, sorry, now I forgot your question because I was just thinking about No, no, that. no, I just, like, I, I just think, you know, that this notion, like you're saying, is, okay, let's show the facade of oh, the two, what did you call it? The, the two, two street threshold. Threshold, yeah. <laughs> which I like. Yeah. But then it's like, no, that's not the truth. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's I, so far from it. I, I love the art of marketing. I, I, I'm in content creation. Mm. I'm in marketing. Mm. I'm in media. So I understand and, and I very much am with mm. the art of marketing. But there comes a point where basically I'd love to hear your, your, your side before we, we get into it is what does that feel like when it's, it's now not this beautiful facade and it looks that's all they're showing people. But right next door, your cousin, mm. your, you know, like 
not like someone you're going to read about in newspaper. Yeah. Your uncle's on drugs two streets away, yeah. right? And nobody talks about mm. it. And nobody even deals with that, mm. right? It's, it's, and, then, and then there's this facade of, oh, it's not going to be good for tourism. Yeah. Like, what does that feel like? Like, you know, like you're almost these commodities. Yeah. Like, that's, okay, that's exactly... Like, you people here are, you'll be valuable enough because, oh, you got the right mm. kind of brownie skin. <laughs> so you'll be in the photos with the guys from Switzerland. It's going to yeah. look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what about the drugs? Oh, don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Even, well, even if you think, like, like, not just the drugs, but, like, what about the people who, who can't eat today? Yeah. What yeah. about the people who are living three generations of a family up to 22 people in a two-bedroom apartment because land in the city is just so expensive. You sure. Know? Um, yeah, and, and people often say that kind of thing. The same with gentrification. It's, yeah. it's, it's often their defense. Like, gentrification creates jobs. You know, tourism creates jobs. It's, there's, there's opportunities. And yeah, there are opportunities, but who, there are gatekeepers to, to those opportunities. Like, who are the people who the opportunities are there for? It's not the people of the community. Like, they're not the ones who benefit. It's the people who are benefiting and who are gaining from these opportunities are the people who are gentrifying and creating, but like, more unsustainable tourism, yeah. you know? So that's, that's what's annoying. And, and that's what I think led the community to, to protest in the way that they protested during last year. Yep. It, it was about this time last year. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and everyone knows Boca for being a very like chilled, welcoming yeah. sort of community because that's the nature of like of colored Muslim people. Yeah. When you think about them, that's, that's how they are, you know? And so I think South Africans in general, but yeah. Um, and so people, always or people were surprised actually by last year yes by, by the way that, that that the community mobilized and how vocal they were and how forthcoming they were with the issues and, and what we're talking about but it's just it's it became it got to a point it was it was boiling it was bubbling yeah underneath, yeah you know yeah. what i mean and then of eventually course. it was just like actually we cannot anymore yeah because what what was happening is everyone that was benefiting were people who already had big corporations you're seeing these big guys like the hilton rosses of the world and yeah. the and the x and x companies of the world coming in and and, and just sort of like dropping these huge buses and making all this big money and charging so, like expensive, um, like ridiculous amounts of money for tours. Yeah. And then the guides who take tourists around, they're not even from the community. Yeah. Some of them are even white people who are talking about like Cape Malay heritage. And it's just like, what do you know? Some of the stories that tour guides tell tourists, they were just, they are atrocious. Mm. You know, I'm, I haven't heard a story in a while. So hopefully they've stopped telling lies, but the, the types of things that it's because obviously if you're coming on a bus and you're from Germany, you don't know if what this guy's telling you is true or not. You're taking his word because they're a tour guy. Yeah, well, there's a brown you, person. You, <laughs> that's yeah, probably you true, know, yeah. it's just and so and they're, they're not. Yeah, they're not from the community, and and they were just like lying and and our identity. This is my personal perspective. 100%. I can't say that the whole community feels this way. Sure. But I felt like our entire identity yeah. as as Cape Malays yeah. and and work up also represents identity for me a lot and we can talk about that in a bit sure. but um our identity was kind of being erased because all we were becoming is the most instagrammable spot in cape town we could feel you and so it's frustrating like that we're just the most instagrammable spot yeah, yeah, yeah you know and 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 there's just all you there's just like this i i experience a high level of anger yeah. all the time yeah. every day yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. exhausting yeah being there and seeing this kind of thing happen. The same, people say gentrification is gonna bring jobs. Like, oh, maybe we'll employ some people from the community. Okay, cool, maybe let's say you employ 20 guys to build your building. Yeah. Your building takes a year, year and a half to build and then what, they're out of work again. 100%. And you know what you've done? You've just built a luxury apartment going for three million, four million, five million rand at, at minimum, apartment. yeah, you know, for the, for the smallest one. Yep. Zero affordable housing. Those 20 guys that you hired, they're out of work again and now we have parking problems. We have more rich people moving in, people who are buying apartments at, at ridiculous amounts of money, making the land even more expensive. Levies go you, up. Do you know what I mean? You're not, it's not contributing to the community at all. It's, it's not, it, it doesn't work. And so you're asking me how I feel about that as a person and there's no other way to describe it besides angry. Mm, mm. It's, the anger is so, it's so real. Yeah, it's yeah. so intense and it just, it's exhausting mm. to be this angry every day and to see it just get worse and worse and worse and yeah, there's, 
There's, I mean, I, I, I actually, that's all I can say about it. It, it, it is, and, and, and you, you, know, you know what, there's obviously there's a few things in what you're saying for me which are, are, a, are an impending disaster for South Africa on a larger scale, but I, th I think worldwide on a larger scale, but we can, we can talk about South Africa. Number one, people are not just commodities. Yeah. If you keep treating people yeah. like commodities, do you know what they do? They eventually they bring guillotines out. Yeah. That happened. Like, like that we mustn't say, oh, now Cape Malay people are more violent. No, no, no. Yeah. The French Revolution is not that long yeah. ago. <laughs> like, yeah. people, when they are to use a Cape Tonian and a very South African, when they're hutful, they're mm. hutful. Yeah. And then they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And I think one of the tragedies of this is, and nobody ever wants to talk about the overlying problem, right? Because mm. it's inconvenient. Capitalism in its current form reduces everybody to their utilitarian. Yeah. So what are you worth to me? Mm. I have the money, what are you worth to me? Yeah. Not are you human? Yeah. Because I think if we view, if, for, for lack of a better term, is they, the capitalists, brutal capitalists, don't view people as human. No. And how I know that is that if you, if you viewed people as human, you wouldn't let people die like they do, like mm. rats, like rats in the sewers. And nobody wants to talk about this, because all they're worried about is the profit, yeah. and that's sick. Like, we're, we're sick, and, and now this, this ceases to be a color line now. Anybody who gets into the cream mm. is starting to show this behavior, Yeah. right? And, and th th that worries me hugely that people always justify the madness with, what about the jobs? Mm. What about the money that it's gonna make? No, what about the preclusive measure that you keep putting in by putting levies are way too high for mm. anybody who's, what, third, fourth generation in Brooklyn? Yeah. Because they aren't educated at UCT, because yeah. they couldn't be educated yeah. at UCT. They, in fact, it was illegal for them. Like, these are uncomfortable conversations that, you know, Shakira, and, and I'm sure you've lived this, power doesn't like to hear the truth. No, it and, does And we not. saw it beautifully with this Bork Up thing. As soon as people started to tell the truth, so Bork Up isn't just an Instagram place. Yeah. We're starving. Yeah. Our identity's been taken from us. Oh, <laughs> bring the violence in. Yeah. And th this is where my problem comes is I think, and it one of the most worrying things for me, and I'd, I'd love to hear for you, is how good the, the, the nation state, the state is at violence. Mm. You saw once people started to tell the truth, people started to come out, like, no, you're supposed to protect the people. Yeah. Yes. Eventually the people are the, like, yeah. and you know, um, I, had a, I had a great friend of mine uh, on the other day on, on, on the couch as, as you sit, uh, Wayne, and, and he, 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 he speaks for uh, lawyers for human rights and he's extremely influential. Mm. And one of the things I brought up to him, which I, I, I thought maybe I was going crazy, is we've demonized poverty. Mm. We've criminalized poverty. Mm. So not only do we create the poverty, but if you are poor, you're a criminal. Yeah. You, you, you know, and I think I, I, when, I, when, when I saw this, I thought, you know, I'm repulsed. And once again, I'm sitting drinking my flat white yeah. in my air conditioned house. Those people are living it. Mm. They they living being to capitalism useless. Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 crazy. And then when you want to tell the truth, it's a problem, right? Now now talk to me about. You know, we're always talking sorry, about. Sorry, sorry, I'm. No, 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 no worries, no worries. I'm just thinking. I was uh, just yesterday. I was driving. Yeah. And there were like these homeless guys sleeping on the side of the road, not disturbing anyone, 100%. Not, not doing anything, literally just like sleeping. Yeah. And these metro cops came in and started giving them fines and like kicking them and sort of disrupting them. And I was thinking to myself, like, you're really here spending the taxpayers' resources on giving these people fines when, where are they supposed to go? You're gonna give them a fine, number one, how are they gonna pay it? Yeah, yeah. Right? You're kicking them out of this spot, but where are they gonna go? They're gonna go to another spot on a different street and it's just, yeah, I just, that, image just came to my mind of seeing that and, and how people are being treated and I was thinking to myself they already they they are so low yeah, at yeah. the bottom and now you're making it even worse we we have honestly forgotten that, that people like that are humans that people are humans yeah but we made poverty a crime yeah they're, 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 they've yeah. ceased to be human is there yeah they're, because it, I, it's interesting it's almost like we as the middle class that's not how we want to be seen. Mm. So get rid of them. Mm. That's too true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's, uh-uh. That's, uh. that's too true. That's not how I want to be seen. Yeah. We are prosperity. And, you, you know, Shakira, as, as Bork Up was going on, and it kept going on, it kept going it on. It is going on. And, and the, it is, it going, is on, going on. And <laughs> yeah. the violence started going up from the people. Mm. 
because people aren't stupid. Mm. Just because I don't have a uh, PhD mm. from, uh, from UCT, don't think I'm stupid. And I've seen that in the people. Now, Shakira, what happened with the violence? Because then it started to get violent from the state against the people. What, what yeah. then? Well, and what was that like? You know, it's, it's so sad. Like, yeah. you, two incidents are coming to my mind when, when yeah. you're talking about this, and I'm just going to share them quickly. Absolutely. So one was last year and one was this year. So last year we, they, we were protesting at, in Wales Street and sort of at the beginning of Book Up, and, yep. and someone was driving and this girl got knocked over. Right, so now she's getting knocked over. Cool, they're calling the ambulance. Whatever. Tourist or no, a local, walk up resident. Yeah, a local yeah. girl. She gets knocked over. Um, it's like sort of sort of like a hit and run. Yeah. And there are all these police cars yep. who are there to man the protest, right? Yep. And yep. this was a it was a peaceful protest. And so there are all these police cars who are manning the protest. The, the protest. And I go to the one policeman and I say, "This girl's knocked over. Can we like do something about it? You know, can you call someone? Can you radio? Can you put it in the car and take it to the doctor? Like yep. you know." And he says, sorry, I can't. I, I can't get involved in that because we're here to look after the protest. And I was just thinking to myself, like, so you'd rather just be here sitting on your ass and doing nothing yeah. and watching a bunch of people standing with placards yeah. instead of, like, actually helping someone, you know? So that incident comes to mind. And then number two is a, a lot more sad yeah. and, and so heartbreaking. Yeah was when the community was protesting this year mm -hmm. um, against the crane from coming into to the 40 on Owl, which is a, a luxury block development. Okay. Yeah. The block is, yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah, do, you no. know, do you know the company, the, the construction company? I'm, I, don't have any, I don't have any allegiances, whoever they are. You okay. Can say it if, <laughs> yeah. if you want to so, say it, feel free. Yeah. Um, so the 40 on Owl is this luxury apartment block, and, and it's done now. It's, it's already there. It's happening, even though like the community took them to court and there was interdicts taken out and it was just like such a long process and we try to fight it but anyway it's there and it's happening and it's done yeah um and so uh, earlier on this year we were trying to stop the crane from coming in got you and so people were just like standing there sort of making like a human chain to stop this crane from coming in yeah and you know what happens next thing we have like policemen coming in their all black gear with yeah. these like riot little shields yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and throwing stun grenades at us and and these are like aunties and yeah, like omas yeah. like samosa making omas from bukap who yeah. are just here like reciting prayer trying to protect the community the like something that they've had for their whole life something that is so important to them something that is so rooted in who we are like as a people you know that that we're just trying to protect like who we are, who we are, that's all. And, and these policemen are here like throwing stun grenades and, and literally being so violent, like yeah. pushing, yeah. like pushing, like creating, I don't know what the, like a formation, like a line, yeah, yeah. and just like pushing people like, and dropping these stun grenades so that the crowd can disperse so that the crane can come up. And at one point I went to one policeman after they had thrown a couple of grenades and it was probably about 20 minutes, half an hour later and things were a little bit calm okay. before the next round of pushing and stun grenades had come. Uh -huh. And I eventually just went to this one policeman because they were all just chilling there laughing and just like having a good time. And, and these, are, these are, are, are black people, like colored and black people, the policemen, you know? Got you. And so I'm going to them and I'm saying like, not to make it about race, but like you're one of us. I mean, actually, it kind of is about race in South Africa. Well, no, it always you, is. You, you, can't, you can't separate. No, it always yeah. is. I, I don't know why people say yeah. color doesn't. <laughs> no, no, like we need to address that as well. Is People stop saying color doesn't matter. Oh, no. No, no, it, 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 it clearly matters. <laughs> yeah, it within clearly your, does. Especially if you're, if you're in, on this planet yeah. right now. Yes. Like, I don't know how. In this time. Like, unless you're like, like I've heard like celebrities like Samuel L. Jackson and Will Smith like kind of go off the radar, but they're not in the real world, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> oh, no, they're not. Like in the yeah. real world, color matters. Yeah. People must stop talking. We're not, we're not all the same. No, we're not. Like stop saying that yeah. because it's not true. Yeah. Like, and people must accept that and people aren't comfortable with it. I don't care. Yeah. Just because you're not comfortable about something, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, so these were all like, like black and, and colored yeah. so, policemen. Yeah. And I go to them and I'm like, you're one of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm 100% sure that you have family who are in the same situation as the people who are from this community. 100%. You know, in, the, in terms of the fact that, like, there's a huge joblessness issue. You know, people are struggling to make ends meet. People are struggling to make money, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's what's happening to, to our community in Burkup, it's not far removed from who you are, from, from what you're going through, from what you know to be true. And I just asked him, like, 
oh, you're not disgusted by this? By the fact that when a big developer makes his call to his friend that he's got up there in the city of Cape Town, that he probably pays a little, yeah. little, little bit too every now and then to mm -hmm. sort of like keep him where he is. So now all of a sudden, because we're having a peaceful protest against Block, you want to come out here like in a huge army truck, so many of you wasting resources, trying to throw sun grenades at like old ladies. Yeah, 75 year old you know, women. Like how, how do you as a person feel about that? And all he said to me was like, when I put this uniform on, my feelings don't exist. And oh. that's the problem though. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that's the problem is that you know as a policeman what you're doing is wrong. My feelings you don't know. exist. Yeah, he said that. When we put this uniform on, we do what the law says. The law says, I clearly remember him yeah. saying this to me. The law says that, like I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said to me like, what you guys are doing is wrong because yeah. this developer bought the land and so they're allowed to build there. Sure. And I said, but what the developer is doing wrong, what the developer is doing is wrong. Uh, sure. You know, what the city is allowing the developer to do is wrong. Yeah, yeah. And why do you guys as the police, if this is the law, never do anything? When we as a community go through things, right? When something goes wrong within, well not, now let, let's not only just think about work up, let's think about any community that, that has like any form of violence or any form of issue, like, you know, we can talk about the Lavender Hills and the Mitchell's Plains and the Kailichas, et cetera, et cetera. When, when things are happening there, do the police respond in droves like that? No, because there's no one with big pockets and deep pockets in those communities that are calling you to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I said to him, you know, this is wrong. And, and it's just, they're just like pawns, like this big company that has all this money is making a call and saying to their friend like sort these people out yeah yeah, yeah. you know and then boom we sort it out and you get thrown stun grenades and then the crane goes up and now we have a big building there that nobody wants there that is being sold as luxury apartments and it's just going to make things so much worse for us we also there's another building that that's finishing off that's closer to my house on the corner of strand and Literally, when I look out of my window, out of my bedroom window, that's all I see. Yeah. It's just this monster of a building that is now there. And I'm a modern woman, right? I'm all for like change and modernizing things and, and, and getting better at life because change is inevitable, sure. right? It's just the way that it's happening and the way that people are being treated and the way that, that the voices of the public get ignored. Yep. That's, I'm, I'm not okay with that. You know, it, it's just, no, it's not okay. So, so you, you know, what you're telling me is, is a misunderstanding of um, what the law is supposed to do. And, and, and you, you know, if our gatekeepers and our peacekeepers, right, this is why we need them. Now, uh, I've chatted to a few friends about this who are, who are far better versed than me in terms of the law. But essentially, you know, the, the law is actually not there to protect the society. It's to protect the lowest con common denominator from the society. Mm. Because we know now when people sit in the city center around the world, New York, Cape Town, Joburg, we know what they mean when they say the society. They mean the middle class and upwards. Right? Yeah. Like the society. Well, that society doesn't mean everyone. <laughs> so actually the law is to protect you. It's not to protect the society. The society have enough money to build walls mm. and get electric fencing. It's to protect the lowest con yeah. common denominator because we live in a capitalist society. So the poor and most people are poor. And in this case, we're seeing ideology being experienced. And this ideology here is violence. Mm. Right. And uh, it's, it's sickening to me because, Shakira, there's something called necropolitics. And people hear it as negro politics. <laughs> it might as well be. But it's necropolitics. And, and what it is, it's I'm actually that. it's an ideology of um, the walking dead. Basically, it's it's. Um, when you have power, right, is violence here is okay. Mm. So the, it's called necropolitics, and it's a very interesting school, uh, school of thought. And I've, I'm seeing it more and more. And because I live in Cape Town, Cape Town's nice and easy to see it mm. because the divide is clear. Yeah. Joburg sometimes, yeah. black people yeah. are there, brown <laughs> people are there, yeah. so you can't really see. Yeah. They can confuse you a little bit better. But here it's clear, and what, what they're telling me is violence is here. Violence here is okay. Mm. And what there's, I think there's something dirtier happening underneath is violence is here is okay because the capitalists say it's okay. Mm. And that's like another level, right? Because now what I'm kind of seeing and, and you would know is the capitalists are buying justice. Mm. And when do, then what? Mm. Then we're all dead. Because mm. I'm middle class, but I'm not as rich as those mm. guys. They're coming for me next. Like I'm, you know. And Shakira, that, that, that really, really scares me that um, what you're saying. See, I didn't know about the, the tear gas oh, yeah. 
and the stun guns. They are videos. Oh, like, wow. I can share videos with you. That is so crazy. And pictures. Literally, children, like, okay, maybe teenagers, yeah. like, who are trying to fight for what they believe in, yeah. being dragged by yeah. police. Yeah, yeah. Women being put in police trucks and taken away and not being allowed to eat, not being allowed to have a drink of water, like, yeah. for protesting peacefully. Yeah, yeah. Just because we are making a line and standing firmly doesn't yeah. mean that we're being violent. We're yeah. still being, you know, and people, there are videos of people praying like while this is happening to them. You know, they're like, if that's not a sign of peace, then then I don't know what is. Why, like, yeah. Anyway, it, you, the pictures are horrific. Scary. No, yeah. well, I mean, I'll put all of these links up. We'll, we'll chat and I'll, I'll have all of it. What, um, you know, and I think before we move on from uh, what is a tragic situation, and I mean, there was an injunction, I think, that came in, and, and elements of Boerkop, I understand, are now protected as, uh, heritage. As, as heritage. But I mean, yeah. it, it, it may very well be too late, to be honest. Yeah. Or, 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 or is it possible to still protect enough to keep... Um... So... Because another thing that no one talks about is... This is all the people have. Yeah. They don't have a second house yeah. in George. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't have a holiday yeah. house in Paris. Yeah. Like you, this you, is not this is not This is how the rich think. Like it's like, oh, okay, they can just go to their holiday house. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no. Yeah, and if I if I'm a, if I can, can I just take this opportunity Absolutely. to to sort of just tell people a little bit about how the rates and, and that sort of situation works in Book Up. Or, or how it actually works anyway, because a lot of people don't often understand, and, and I do sort of like public speaking around this 100%. kind of thing often, and, and people always ask me this question. So like, so basically if, and you might know this, but for anyone who doesn't, like if we are neighbors, yeah. and I've inherited my house, and I'm the fourth generation of someone who's lived in my house, and maybe my great, 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 like grandfather, grandmother, they built the house, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they've passed it down, and so I didn't pay anything, I'm just living here, yeah. and I pay rates to the government, yeah. right? Cool. So now you're from Germany, and you come in and you buy, you want to buy the house next to mine. Yep. And you've got six million rand and you're willing to pay six million. Yep. When you buy that house, it automatically makes the value of my house six million rand or 100%. so. That means that my rates now goes up to someone who has six million rand, but I don't. Got you. A lot of the times I'm a pensioner. A lot of the times I'm the fourth or fifth generation and I'm working in an average paying wage. If I'm lucky, I'm working a job that pays an average wage. Got you. You know what I mean? And so in that situation, when, when you all you have is a Sasa card and you're getting a grant from the government, your whole grants go into your rates and and people love their community so much that they're willing to sacrifice you know what i mean Why yes you're looking at me no no i'm no i'm deeply i'm i'm, I'm really yeah. I'm, I'm deeply interested in what you're saying yeah and so and so i just wanted to clarify for anyone who didn't know that, like that's just one of the examples of how other people buying houses and buying land in work up affects the community and and at the end of the day like when you're behind on your rates because you have not been able to pay the government for the past six months and you all of a sudden owe them 15 20 35,000 Rand if you haven't been able to pay it for longer than that, you end up selling because what are you supposed to do? You you're just making more and more debt because you're holding on to something, but eventually reality kicks in and said, hey, and says, hey, like if you Poverty. don't have money, we don't want you here. Poverty is you a know, crime. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I do. So now that's what happens. Because people often also say things like, oh, but, but why do the community sell their houses? Yeah. And it's just like, do you think that they would do it if they didn't have to do it? You know what I mean? Like, People wouldn't willingly sell something that's so important to them. And you can ask anyone who's from Up, and if they're not from there and they're maybe first generation moved out of Up, even they will tell you they love it. They wish they could come back. I have friends who studied with me in high school or who went to school with me who have moved out because they couldn't afford to live there. And all they talk about is how much they want to come back and how much they love it there. And so, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that and give you a practical example of sort of like how what someone else's actions how it can affect the, and how it does affect the community yeah so I'll, I'll, I'll actually um i'll be talking to somebody about how all of that kind of works uh there's somebody who'll be coming on in okay. the very near future so yes that, that is a that is a great way to to put it but you know something that doesn't ha uh, come across to most middle class people because i'm always like i'm middle class yeah the worst thing that happens to me is my life goes down the tank I was moving with my mom, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. like yeah. that's no, but I have to be real with it, you yeah. know, and for me, it's, it's come to a point where something that double, double saddens me. So I'm sad at the violence because I just, uh, it's a violence for me is a scary thing as an individual. And I experience most of this world as an individual, which is sad. And it, I think it's part of the, the, the current problem both sides are facing, but you know, 
what a lot of people in my position um, as middle class, upper middle class, and then you get into the ubermensch class, <laughs> is poverty is experienced as violence. And a, a lot of people don't understand this. Mm. You know, it's like when people are violent, it's, it's always, oh, stab, mm. shoot. But poverty is violent mm. if you are on the outside of the, of the cream as most of people are. People in Borkup, people in Bishop Lavers, people in Kailicha, they live in violence. Mm. You know, people, people here where, we, where I live is, oh my God, did you hear somebody jumped over the gate and <laughs> something happened, yeah. right? Like, oh, the, the monster. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean, listen, I hate to say it. I, I'm, not, I'm never ever going to say violence is, is okay because mm. it's not. Yeah. But, you know, the people jumping over my fence, I've been tied up a couple of times and blah 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 you know so um and i'm not i will never justify violence but what i'm saying is being poor is experienced yeah. as violence yeah like a lot of people don't don't realize that yeah. they just go oh why don't they just work harder yeah i can't work harder because i've been beaten spiritually and physically i am unable i have no pride mm. like we we know through psych and you, you, you know and I, I think that's something that's important is that people in in an, we're talking about Borkop now, mm. experience a double violence. Yeah. You are poor and the police will beat you mm. for being poor. Mm. That's two crimes. Viol poverty is, is violent. Yeah. You know, like people need to realize this. And, yeah. and I, I, I do, you know, I have the, I have the fortune of, of sitting around middle, upper middle class people all the time because of where I work, people I work with. And I listen to some of the conversations and you know, as I've been living in Cape Town, I've had to retreat from social circles more and more because I can't tolerate mm. it. Because I come from poverty, actually. Mm. My, my beginnings, my parents come from rural South Africa. So when I, when I see something like Borkop, it's, um, it's incredible The you're poor, so it doesn't matter what you say. Mm. And, okay, well, the law will try to stop us. You know what we'll do? Is we'll keep piling more money. Can you afford to beat us? Yeah. You don't, can't afford to beat four or five con uh, guy, uh, of these property companies because mm. it's a conglomerate and quite frankly what's 100 million to them yeah because exactly. on the back end of, of a block is they'll sell the apartments for 400 yeah. million you know so it's 100 million in legal yeah. fees and they probably know the lawyers yeah so it's, it, it, you know, it, it works out for everyone big construction companies who, who get involved in this kind of thing often they factor in the the activists into their like it's a thing oh absolutely like, they know the activists are coming so it's probably like part of their budget like okay marketing admin and then oh the activists are coming so these are the fees to to deal with them kind of thing it's just it's so insane how to them it's just like an expense oh you know, collateral damage yeah, cool, yeah whatever yeah and and the, you can you can speak to people from woodstock who have been moved to the outskirts oh. of the city like that it's it's the same situation it's brutal i i just wanted to so you're talking about violence and and, and things that people go through and and I'm 100% I'm with you that, that I'll never um, condone violence because yep. it's, it's never okay. Yep. But so there, there are, it's died down a little bit, but obviously during season, Book Up experienced a very high uh, robbery rate, right? And sort of crime rate and that sort of thing. What, on tourists? Yes. Okay. Right? And so people are often like, oh, what are we going to do about this? Or... It, it's about so what? terrible. It, it's so terrible that this is happening. Like it's it's going to affect the tourism and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But this is what people don't understand. Uh -huh. When you you know if, when you have a dog, mm -hmm. right, and you're putting a piece of meat in front of it, like, and you're saying don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it for like days on end, but you're not feeding that dog. At some point, he's going to be like, I'm am sorry, you can't just like shake this piece of meat in front of me. I'm I'm going to take it. 100. You know what I mean? And so what you do, what's happening in Burkhap is there are buses of euros and dollars yeah. and, and coming in every yeah. single day. Yeah. Big fancy cameras, nice Ubers, luxury um, uh, convoy vehicles, yeah, yeah, like yeah. All, all of these things, yeah. you know, you're coming with your, you're flashing your money, you're buying paintings on the side of the road, whatever the case may be. Yeah. You're carrying your big camera around your neck and you're telling me that, that someone who hasn't eaten for a few days or someone whose family has been having financial problems for the past year or, you Ten know, years. Pe pe yeah, exactly. People are poor. People are desperate. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they're just trying to, and maybe, maybe I don't want to rob you, but I've been seeing you for three years. And at some point I'm feeling like this is unfair. So I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and so no one wants to acknowledge that. No one wants to talk about that situation in Borkup in particular. Mm, mm, because mm. obviously like this kind of thing is happening all the time where tourists are coming in and flashing yeah. their money. Yeah, yeah. And so what you have is this two very contrasting worlds yeah. who are constantly being forced to 
to engage one another, where one is kind of like, they can't really do anything about it. You see, tourists come to Bukha by choice. You know what I mean? 100%. You walk around with your camera around your neck by choice. You flew to this country by choice, whereas the residents of Burkhap, like, they don't have a choice. You're in my space, whether I want you here or not. You're taking photos of me on my stoop, whether I want you to or not. You're looking into my window while my family's eating, whether I want you to or not. And so at some point, like, I'm not saying that I condone the violence, but I can definitely understand it. And I can see where, where it comes from because people need to survive, you know? Well, you can't keep treating people like, it sounds like you're describing a zoo. So, yeah. you, so, so you want to treat people like animals, but you want them to behave like human beings. Yeah. That's not how it works. And once again, power. I have money. Not only will I treat you like this, but you'll like it. Mm. That's the sick part for me, mm. is, is you will accept it. Uh, you, uh, no, no matter how, how I dehumanize, no matter how much I make you scrape and bow, you will like it. Imagine you and I had to go to Bishop's Court and walk around with our cameras and start taking photos of people's houses. Oh my God. Just imagine that. Oh my God. I'm literally. Like. No, no, no. I don't have to imagine it. I'm black. I have a mentor who lives in Bishop's oh. Court. They still look at me funny now. It's ridiculous. And I went to school with your sons, Mrs. Jacobs. I, <laughs> I sound a little bit like your sons. But still, it's, you know, it's so clear. It's what are you doing here? Yeah. And, and, and here with Borkop, it's more interesting. And, and this, the, the gentrification, we, you, you know, we're just talking about Borkop. For those at home, Borkop just happens to be because uh, Shakir, that's where Shakir is from. And representing. Uh, representing. <laughs> but, you know, because I feel it here. The yeah. preclusion, the preclusion is because I, 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 for me, I'm not intimidated by the spaces. Mm. I've been exposed to these guys since I was six years old. Yeah. But now... I can feel it, and it's me. Mm. I work with the, mm. the, the CEOs. I'm in rooms with these mm. guys all the time. Mm. Yet, I'm telling you, I, you don't have to imagine the, the Bishop's Court thing. I'm living yeah. it. Every time I walk to my mentor's house, I still get it. I mm. still get the eyes. Mm. What's he doing here? Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll leave 8, 9. I don't live too far. I'll walk home. Mm. Mm. Like, could you imagine Call me with it? a camera yeah. <laughs> in Bishop's Court, in your Take gate? <laughs> Like police, straight away. Yeah, no, uh, immediately. No, I'm, uh, they don't want to hear it. Plus, brown skin. Yeah. Put him away. Put him in jail. Yeah. I don't want him near my sister and my cousins and my friends that have come from the UK. And and once again, it's we will we will exclude you and we will not apologise for it. Mm. And, and I, I think book up uh, for me was a landmark in my Cape Town experience uh, about a year year ago because it's it, it showed me once again that. Violence is okay on some people. And, and, and necropolitics is a very, very, very real and very old thing. So mm. we mustn't think it's new to, to, to us. And, you, you, you know, for me, I'm, un I'm unapologetic. For me, bias to black, always, mm. right? But most critical of black. My, yeah. bi but my bias comes with critique. Yeah. And what sickens me is now we can do something about it, even if not a lot. Because the preclusive measures in Cape Town are still old, still white, right? Like that's let, let's not pretend. Rupert, let's <laughs> Rupert and the guys aren't mucking about. They're not letting go of what's going on here. Yeah. So now, t tell me, Shakira, as we as we moved on from uh, from that, I mean, something that you, you you mentioned a little bit was, you know, part of the erosion of uh, up Woodstock, the what you might call many of the Malay Cape, real Cape sort of identity, um, sort of landmarks, you know. Identity is a huge thing, especially in a world where we talk a lot about identity politics. Mm. Um, you know, that's being eroded because, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, my, my perception of culture is, how do I relate to the land where mm. I am? That's, that's how I perceive culture. It's a very yeah. simplistic view. Yeah. But for me, whenever I hear... It makes sense, though. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I hear the word culture, it's how do I relate to where I am, yeah. right? And then you express yourself from there, whether it be the Swiss telling you they're always on time, yeah. but they'll tell you always about their Alps. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how they see themselves. You yeah. start to see yourself from the, the land beneath your feet yes. at that time. Yeah. Now with this erosion, talk to me about, when we talk about identity often, you know, so there's Cape Malay, uh, which you, uh, Cape you Cape emanate from yeah. uh, the Cape Malay people, but. You know, there's, there's a blanket statement that gets thrown, coloured. You are, what's he? Herschel Gibbs, coloured. Okay? You're coloured. But there's, there is an identity politic within that. And, and yeah. talk to me about, you know, um, so I have to be honest as well. Before I moved to Cape Town, I lived in Joburg and I, I was exposed to a different type of 
you know, uh, a different part of the colored spectrum mm. in Port Elizabeth. That's where I studied and that's where I lived. And then I moved to Cape Town and it's different here because there's a Cape Malay vibe mm. here. There isn't that in PE mm. from what I experienced. So talk to me about colored identity and where you fit in, um, female, Malay, <laughs> and then and then what that spectrum is. Because I'm like, oh, Herschel Gibbs, he's colored. <laughs> oh, Shakira, she's colored, you, you know, to some of us. Yeah. And until I've, I've, I've I mean, I've, I'd like to think I've educated myself a little bit more <laughs> in my time. But, yeah. you know, there's just that, oh, yeah, those colored people. <laughs> but, but actually, it's a spectrum, oh, right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's such a complicated discussion to have, but let's try to just touch no, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. and no, I, it's, I know it's you it's do just... talks on, 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 mm, on yeah. um, colored identity, colored identity yeah. and maybe you can expand on what those talks are. And maybe you could even tell us what you talk about in Cape Colored Identity. Maybe you could even just go through your normal talks. Okay. Maybe cool. that'll be, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, it's it's... Okay, let's just go back quickly to, to the sort of land and relate to where you are kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and to just tie it into Burka, but then a sort of nice segue into the colored identity thing. Got you. So, um, I, I might have even said this to you before, but someone uh, once asked me, a, a white person, mm -hmm. actually, who lives in the community, has been living there for about 20 years. Got you. Um, actually asked me, and I just want to say that also, not all white people are gentrifiers. It, it, it's a very strange, because people think like automatically if you're white and you buy a house and walk up, you're a gentrifier, but that's not necessarily true. Sure. Um, so, but anyway, so um, this person asked me, why do, you, why do you fight for this community? Like, why are you involved here? Why yeah. do you come to these meetings, you know? Like community meetings and that sort of thing. And, and I actually didn't know how to answer them. And then they said, okay, well, take a minute and just think about it. And so I thought about it and it, it, I took about five minutes and there was like this period of silence, but I thank, I'm thankful that they gave me that time to sort of figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, and I realized it was because I live in South Africa, yeah. right? Which is part of Africa. And when people think about Africa, they think about Although Cape Town would dispute that. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is little Europe, though. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. We all know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and, and so I live in Africa mm -hmm. and, and, and I consider myself African. I'm South African. Got you. And, and a lot of people equate being African to being black, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I struggled with that a lot mm -hmm. from university until about last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to figure this thing out where like, I'm African, but I'm not black. And some black people always like, some people have even said to me like, Shakira, you can't use that word. Like you can't identify a as that because- As what? Because, like as black. Or, or, or sometimes even just as African, and I, I don't generally identify as black, but, but when we're speaking about the larger community, oh, that's also another complicated discussion to have. Let's just pause that one and finish this one. <laughs> Otherwise, we're gonna like be jumping all over the place. Hold on. So, um, and so it was, it was very difficult for me to understand like how I was an African person who was here, but I looked like this kind of yeah. thing. I'm this complexion, I have this kind of hair, my eyes are kind of like almondy, and so it was a very strange thing for me to figure out. And, and when this person asked me why I'm active in Burkup, I realized because Burkup actually made me feel, or it gave me a reason as to how I became African and as to how I became a part of this nation that, that, that is just so beautiful, yeah. you know, yeah. in terms of culture and like diversity and all of that sort of thing. And so Burkup is like a physical manifestation of my identity. Got you. You know, and, and that's why it's so important. It's, it's, it's one of the oldest communities and suburbs in the country. Yeah. It, it is the birthplace of Islam and Muslim people in South Africa. That's mm -hmm. where Islam in, in South Africa comes from. Yeah. It is the birthplace of this, what we call sort of Cape Malay identity. Yeah. And so if you wipe away that piece of land, the little bit of it that is left, because to be honest, Longstreet, Devatakan, all of that, that used to be up even down to when you're driving to the waterfront, that area where the My City buses now park, that was all part of the same community. Yeah, yeah. And we've been shrunken down into this like little piece of land of, uh, that, that's now sort of still left. And if you take that away, it'll kind of make me feel really lost. I'll feel kind of like, do I even belong here? Like, you know, and, and so that, yeah, it, it, it just ties into your sort of like, culture and identity is related to the land that you're on. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but now sort of moving into colored identity and, and, and Cape Malay identity and that sort of thing. So It's quite a broad term. Like, yes, I colored. Mean, and I'm happy for you to unpack, unpack yeah. it. And, and, and I'm, th this is why we do long format conversations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not the news where Deborah Pata will cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, so yes, colored is a broad term, yeah. a very broad term, yeah. and and it encompasses a, a, a lot of different groups of people. Yeah. You know, like Khoisan identity and, and discussions around Khoisan identity are now becoming very sort of um, I don't want to say mainstream. That's a terrible word, but more uh, vocal. Or yeah, people yeah. are starting to talk, people are starting to talk about it quite a bit. Yeah, and so that's also a group of people who kind of fit under this general sort of color term. But then also, like if you literally had like a white parent and a black parent and then you were born like that's what people think colored is but but actually in, in terms of like cape town you're colored if you're anything that's not black or white i got you pretty much yeah so so you could literally like be uh from khoisan heritage or you could be a, a a product of a white and black parent yeah or you could be a cape malay or you you know there's like so many different and and there's even racism within the colored community like i this is something that i always mention at my talks I remember being younger and like people telling me, oh Shakira, you can't play with the girls who have like the, the bossy cop. Yeah, yeah. You know, like because I have straight hair. So like I wasn't allowed to play with the girls who, who maybe didn't have straight hair. Those black anyana, black anyana, small anyana. Yeah, yeah, the trouble cause. Yeah, it's like you, you're not, you, you're like kind of better than them because your hair is sort of straighter than them kind of thing. Sure, you know, sure. and so that that's just one example of how like sort of the, the racism within the community exists got you, you know got you and and also like the fact that some indian people even fall into the the, the colored sort of term and obviously they were the ones who were the doctors and and that had the furniture stores and yeah, they yeah. lived in the nice houses yeah and so they have racism towards people well i don't know if racism is the right word actually there should be another word for it discrimination no, yeah. I mean, there's an element yeah. of racism, because I remember that there was also something that people may not may or may not know, but in apartheid, certain races, Indian being one of them, got given slightly better rights, mm. being being a certain type of color that yeah. was so straight to hair, yeah. just above black, so they could get educated. Yeah. A anyway, a anyway, yeah. I could continue, yeah. And, and so... And so all of that exists within the community as well. And yep. so, and, and it's, a, it's a very strange, you know, I have, a, I have a very big problem with the fact that a lot of colored people are racist towards black people. Yeah. A lot. It's, it's like, it's, it's a huge problem. Yeah. And, and my family, like a, a lot of my family members, sometimes I hear the things that they say and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm now the family member where people are like, hey, we can't say these things around Shakira. Yeah, yeah, she's Sh here. Shakira's here. Like, she's here now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you better watch what you say. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I don't mind being that person because I, I, I can see even on my granny who's mm. like on, to, on her way to 70. No, I think she's past 70 actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and even with her, like the, the, Aparte didn't number on her, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, but, <laughs> but, but I can tell that, that I'm starting to get through. It's taken years, but and slowly but surely the things are coming, you know, where, where I can hear like, okay, she's starting to like second guess some of the things that you said. And, and so a part of me thinks that it's because now I'm having all these different thoughts of things that colored people go through, but yeah. I feel like during apartheid, yeah. Colored people, the one thing that they had that was that they that they were allowed to have, yeah. that they were allowed to be proud of, the government said to them, "You're better than the black man." Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And so that became such a big part yeah, yeah. of who colored people are. Exactly. You know, we're better than the black man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it's something. And we might not have anything. You know, we might be living on the outskirts of Cape Town. Yeah. We might be, et cetera, et cetera. We might not be able to work the good jobs. We might not be able to go to university, but we're better than the black yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And so that still obviously continues you know and it's it's even so sad when i see like young kids young 10 years old yeah saying things like e, I, uh, I, no I no you go you can say it the k-word no, no, no i would no, no. not say that <laughs> we've, we've said it on the podcast before okay cool yeah so and i heard it just last week being thrown in my direction by the way so don't worry about that I, I, i'm not triggered by it you should be like pump slapping people no i expect but it. it's also yeah but it's also just to be respectful it's it's a very disrespectful word so not let's not say it but but, but hold you on know, I, i'm always interested in why people don't want to use especially when we're, we're in a didactic space we're trying to teach each other for yeah. me, the only people that don't want to hear it is white people, mostly, because it's like, no, you have to hear that about yourself. 
For yeah. me, I don't understand who we're protecting whenever we don't say it. But but I respect it. I, I I respect. I feel black. I feel like some black people are triggered by it. I, and, I, and I think they are. But I, I wonder if that is a conditioning that oh that's a bad word. Let's edit oh, that out. Oh yeah. Because we're like oh we shouldn't hear that about white people. Yeah. Like we said that. Ah oh, no 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 no. Let's edit that out the language. That's not <laughs> like what's, that's not how white people want to be seen as. Yeah. Like the oh K that's, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I never like, thought about it that like way. Like the K word. Who are you protecting? Because. My parents know what you mean. Yeah. That you, that my father was locked up multiple times. Mm. And like I say, I heard that word last week. And the, guy, the way the guy used it, he obviously used it, used it all the time in my direction. And I'm just, I'm walking on the side of the road, by the way. So, so for me, I'm not triggered by, uh, you know, once again, gaffer, nigger. Because, mm. guys, it happened. Mm. And stop trying to uh, pretend that it didn't. And stop trying to sanitize the Western space, yeah. so you don't have to hear that about yourselves. But that's just my opinion. I, I, I mean, and I, I do respect people who don't like to hear it. But anyway, you were saying yeah. some some colored people tend no. to use that type of language. You, no, not just some colored people. Children. Yeah. Like yeah. not even teens, like preteens, kids. Yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah. you and you hear them like continue this the, the sort of like uh, just the train of thought, and, yeah. and and the, and that makes me really scared.